Genesis chapter 26 through 30. If you're following along with us, you just completed reading Genesis chapter 26 through Genesis chapter 30. The reading should have taken about 20 to 25 minutes. Below are a few audio recaps of Genesis chapter 26 through 30. Genesis chapter 26. Uh, the first main section says, titled in our pericope, Isaac Deceives Abimelech. Now, if you've been reading along with us, this should sound very familiar because um, this is exactly what we saw his dad, uh, Abram, and Abraham, before he was Abraham, is Abram, do a couple times. We read in Genesis chapter 12 where Abram did the same trick with the Pharaoh of Egypt where he told him, you know, that Sarah was his sister. And then in verse tw in chapter 20 of Genesis, Abraham tells Abimelech, that Sarah is his sister again. And now we see his son doing the very same thing, Isaac. And uh, that's what we see in this pericope here. Isaac, uh, there's a famine, just like what happened with Abraham. Now, Abraham went down to Egypt. In this case, God tells Isaac not to go to Egypt. So Ab Isaac um, goes to a different area. He goes to um, uh, Gera, and that's where King Abimelech is a ruler of the Philistines. And he goes down there and to live to, because of the, the famine where he was at. And he, I, it's doubtful that this Abimelech is the same Abimelech as we talked about in Genesis chapter 20 with Abraham, because that's been about 90 years since those two events. It's possible it's the same, too, but uh, no guarantee. I don't know. It could be just a title, and there's different individuals in those roles. I don't know. But anyway, it's this king of Blimelech, nonetheless, and that's what the pericope is about here in Genesis 26, the first one. The second pericope in 26 is conflict over water rights. And that's where um, Isaac is being blessed by the Lord quite a bit. We can see it says in verse 12, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted, for the Lord blessed him. And what happened when he got rich like that? A lot of people got jealous, it tells us, uh, in verse 14. And when they got jealous, a lot of the Philistines, they took some type of vengeance against Isaac, and they filled, started filling up his wells with dirt. Um, finally, uh, the king, Abimelech, orders um, Isaac to get out of town, to leave, because he's just too, too big, too powerful now, too rich. So, so Isaac moves to Gira Valley, away from them, and settles. And he starts digging some more wells, and we have some more conflicts. We see, you can read in verses 19 uh, through the rest of that pericope uh, in 25, where he digs several wells. They get uh, taken away from him. Finally, he finds a, a well uh, that he can claim of his own. And that's where that um, pericope ends uh, in verse 25. And then the last pericope in this chapter 26 is Isaac's covenant with Blimelech. And th again, this is exactly what we saw happen with Abraham back in Genesis chapter 21, uh, King Abimelech, whether it's the same man or not, came down and wanted uh, Abraham to sign a treaty with him because he's so powerful, and Abraham did. You see the same thing happen here. Abimelech comes down from Gera to visit uh, Isaac, and he brings the very same commander, army commander, at least by the same title, if not the same individual, probably different individuals, I think. And he wants them to sign a treaty because he's gotten so big and powerful. And Isaac signs a treaty with him. And then the last part of the, the, the verse 34 is kind of an odd little verse because it doesn't really fit in with the pericope above. But 
it, it says that Esau, which is, of course, one of Isaac's boys, he married two Hittite women, and they made life miserable for their, his mom and dad, Isaac and Rebekah. And that's where we end chapter 26. Genesis chapter 27 has two main sections. One is dominantly larger than the other one. And that's Jacob steals Esau's birthright. And that's starting in 27 verse 1, going all the way down uh, to close to the end of the chapter, getting down to verse 40. So that's the big story here in 27, or the big takeaway. This is a very familiar story for most folks. If you've ever been in church or, or Sunday school very long, you've probably heard this message, uh, very popular sermons on this topic. But this is where... Uh, uh, Esau, he's getting on up in age, he can't see, and if you're, you've lived a few years, you can understand how that can go. Uh, anyway, he calls his son, and can remember from previous chapters that Esau is his favorite son. He favors Esau because he's more the outdoorsman, more than he favors his brother Jacob. But anyway, he calls Esau, the older son, he says, hey, uh, I want you to fix me something to eat. Um, go and make me one of those, um, you know, wonderful dishes, a wild game that you're, you're well known for that I enjoy eating. And uh, go get it for me. And once you do that, I'll give you a blessing that belongs to you as my firstborn son before I die. And just as a reminder uh, from Genesis chapter 25, a few chapters ago, we saw where um, Esau was out hunting. He came back from a hunt came back and his brother was making some type of stew smelled good looked good and Esau just had to have it or he felt like he would die and he says hey look give me that and what does his brother do Jacob he says I'll give you some but you got to promise to give me your birthright um, first and if you do that I'll give you the stew and Esau says well what good is that going to do me if I'm dead so let me have the stew you can have my birthright so he's already got uh, the birthright from Esau Jacob does and now we're going to see something with the blessing um, on top of that, so anyway, so Isaac goes, uh, Esau goes out to hunt, go hunt for, to to get some food uh, that he's going to make for his dad. But what happens? Rebecca, the mama, whose favorite son is Jacob, she likes Jacob better than uh, Esau. Um, Jacob overhears uh, Re Rebecca overhears the conversation between her husband and her son Esau, and what does she do? She goes and into this planning mode where she makes this plan up because she doesn't want um, Esau to get the blessings that he, that that uh, Isaac is going to give him. And so she, she calls Jacob and she develops this elaborate plan. She <laughs> says basically we're going to cook this meal for your dad and you're going to pretend to be your brother. You're going to put on some of his clothes. You're going to speak and smell like him. And his brother was hairy and furry and so he put on these outfits so that you know he would have this fur like his brother and uh, smell like his brother. And since his dad couldn't see good, they were going to deceive him so he could get the blessing. And so that's exactly what happens is they make this stew. They bring it to Esau. Esau, uh, of course, eats it, but he is kind of leery. Is this really uh, my son? Um, uh, Isaac eats it, but is it's really my son Esau bringing it to me or is this Jacob trying to trick me? But he ends up touching his son, smelling his son, and concluding it must be um, Esau. And so after being convinced of that, he gives Jacob the blessing that belonged to Esau as the firstborn. Uh, and you can read about the blessing 
and um, in the text there. Um, and after that happened, shortly after that event, uh, Esau returns from his hunt, makes the stew, brings it to his dad, and his dad says, hey, what's going on? You just bought me stew. I'm confused. And he realizes he's been tricked. And he tells his son, Esau, hey, I don't have any more blessings for you. I have to give you basically uh, not a blessing, but something else. So you'll, you can read what he says to his son, um, um, Esau, uh, too, what's left over anyway. Um, and so that's the, the pericope all the way down through verse 40 of chapter 27. Very interesting story. And then we have this uh, few verses here that are pericope by itself about Jake and Jacob fleeing town. As you can imagine, he just stole basically his brother's uh, blessing, tricked him, his dad, with his mom's help. And now his brother is really mad. He hates his hates Jacob, and he he's gonna really kill him. Probably he's making up a scheme, and he's he's saying basically, as soon as dad's dead, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill my brother. And of course, Rebecca she overhears that too. She seems to overhear a lot, and she basically tells Jacob, Hey, listen, your brother is not happy. I want you to get out of town, go back to my brother's uh, home area. Uh, and hang out there until your brother is cooled off, and then you can come back home. And that's basically um, the end of uh, Genesis chapter 27. Genesis chapter 28 picks up in the same pericope that we ended with in Genesis chapter 27. There's an overlap between the two chapters. In the pericope in 27, was Jacob flees to Padan Aram. And in 28, we get some more details on that. So we ended up where uh, in chapter 27, where Rebecca tells her husband that she doesn't like the Hittite women. She's sick of them, and she doesn't want Jacob marrying one. Um, she wants him safe away from Esau, because Esau wants to kill him. So anyway, in chapter 28, where we start off, where Isaac um, calls his son Jacob in. He says, well, don't marry any of these Canaanite women. Instead, I want you to go to Padam Aram, to the house of your granddaddy, and find a wife there. And the granddaddy he's talking about is Bethel. Uh, just, just to keep these names straight, because you see a lot of the names we've already talked about in our reading. Uh, if you go back to Genesis 11, you can see some of the beginnings of these genealogies. Uh, there was a gentleman named Terah. In chapter 11 and that was the dad to Abram his two brothers Nahor and Haran and you might remember Haran passed away and he had a son named Lot that Abraham took care of but Nahor who by the way was also uh, Terah's daddy's name Nahor had a boy named Bethel and that's the boy we're talking about now in Genesis chapter 28 he had some kids one of them is Rebecca who is the wife of um, Isaac and the other one is a boy named Laban we'll we'll get more into this gentleman as we go along but he's the main character coming up so these are some of the characters but anyway um, uh, Jacob goes he's being told to go back to his granddad's property and find one of his uncle Laban's daughters to marry and uh, so that's that's where what happens is um he heads, basically, he's going to be heading home. And we're also told in verse 6, Esau found out about it. 
Uh, of course, he's not happy because he feels like he got cheated out of his birthright as well as his blessing in the previous chapters. And so what does he do to uh, make his mom and dad more mad? He goes and gets a third wife. He's already got two wives that are Hittites that make life miserable for his parents. We saw that in chapter 26 toward the end. And now he marries one of um, Ishmael's uh, daughters. Remember, Ishmael was Hagar and Abraham's child. So he marries one of his daughters to probably make his parents even more miserable. <laughs> and that ends that pericope in chapter 28. And now we're going to go down to a, a new pericope in uh, chapter 28 called Jacob's Dream at Bethel. So we get some details on this dream that Jacob has uh, in this pericope, starting in verse 10 of chapter 28, going down to the rest of the chapter, verse 22. Um, basically, Jacob is asleep. He has this dream one night. He sees, um, we see in verse 12, he dreamed of a, a stairway that reached from earth to heaven, and he sees in this dream angels uh, of God going up and down the stairway. And at the top of the stairway, verse 13, we see he sees the Lord, and the Lord says something to him. He talks to him about his granddad, Abraham, um, and his dad, Isaac, and the land that he's on, and some details related to the, the covenant there. And he says that, you know, basically in uh, verse 15, he says, One day, this is the Lord talking, one day I will bring you back to this land. Um, and give you everything that I promised you. So Jacob wakes up, verse 16. Uh, he, he wasn't aware that he was in this special place. Um, and so he built uh, a more memorial to memorialize, remember the place, when using some stones, pour some olive oil over it, and he names the place Bethel. Uh, and he makes a valve, and you can see in verse 20 through 22 what he kind of basically promises, if God does such and such, and then he says, I will uh, present a tenth of everything he gives me. So that's pretty much the end of chapter 28. So in Genesis chapter 29, the first pericope is Jacob arrives at Padanaram. So he arrives at his destination after his dream and his trip. And um, first thing he does is he arrives at a, a, an area of whale, a whale where there people are used to water their animals and get water for themselves. Um, and he starts to find some local men there, and he asks them, hey, do you know um, Laban, the grandson of Nahor? And remember from our brief review of the genealogy, Nahor was one of Abram's brothers and one of his sons was Bethel and his son was Laban and his one of his daughters was Rebekah. So the, the guys he met at the well said, yeah, we know him. Matter of fact, here comes his uh, Laban's daughter, Rachel, and she's got a flock of animals with her. She's coming to water the animals. Um, and so Jacob sees her coming uh, and the text also tells us in verse 9 that Rachel was a shepherd. Um, and uh, Jacob meets her, explains to her the relationship between the two, gives her a kiss, and she runs home to her dad to tell her 
tell him all the details. In verse 13, we see that once he realizes his nephew Jacob's here in town, Laban runs out to meet him and gives him a big hug and kiss, and um, they they welcome him into their, their home at that point. And that's the end, basically, of that pericope in Genesis chapter 29. The second pericope is Jacob marries Lee and Rachel. So in this pericope, starting in Genesis 29, verse uh, 15, we see a um, interesting exchange here. Uh, Jacob is staying with Laban for about a month, and Laban says, "Hey, look, why don't you? You know, I, I can pay you. You've been working for me. Why don't I pay you to give you some wages?" And we're also introduced. We're told that Laban has two girls, not just Rachel, the younger one, but Leah, the older one. And we're given some details on what the girls look like. And Jacob um, really loves Rachel, and he tells Laban, "Hey, if you'll let me marry uh, Rachel, I'll work for you for seven years." So Laban agrees. It's a good deal for him, he thinks. And so time flies by for Jacob, we're told, because he's really in love with with Rachel, and we see that in uh, verse twenty. And at the end of that period of time, the wedding day is finally here in verse 22, 23. And somehow or another, uh, that evening, uh, Laban swaps girls out on Jacob. I can't even imagine how he does this, but he does. He sends Leah, not Rachel, into the, the tent. And he basically is married now to uh, Jacob. And Jacob sleeps with Leah. And he wakes up in the morning, and then he realizes, hey, this is not... Not Rachel, this is Leah. I've been tricked. And so he goes to their dad, Laban, and he's really he's in a rage and he's, the dad explains to Jacob, hey, it's not our custom to marry off the youngest girl first. We we marry off the oldest girl first, but if you wait a week after the marial week, uh, the the bridal week, then I'll give you Rachel too if you'll work for seven more years for me. And so Jacob agrees. He says, Okay, I'll do it. And so after that week he marries um uh, Rachel. So now he's got two wives, Lee and Rachel, sisters, and he owes he owes seven more years of work to Laban. And that's the end of that pericope, and we come down to the next pericope, which is titled uh, Jacob's Many Children. So in this last uh, section of chapter twenty nine, uh, Jacob marries many children. It's really about uh, Leah and some of her boys. So. Leah is unloved by Jacob, and the Lord sees that, and he starts blessing um, Leah with children. And we're told that uh, she has a son. She has a son, her first son's name, Reuben. And that's with a son of Jacob, of course. And then, not only that, she has a second son, same name, Simeon. And then after that, she has a third boy named Levi. And then we're not finished yet. We go down to verse 35, and she has another boy named Judah. And Judah, as we've mentioned before, is where the line of Jesus came through. So that's an important person in the, the scriptures. So that's her fourth boy mentioned, and that ends chapter 29. So Genesis chapter 30 picks up where we left off on Genesis chapter 29, and that same pericope about J- Jacob's many children. In the chapter 29, it was some children of uh, Leah that were listed. And now we're getting to chapter 30. Um, so at this point in chapter 30, verse 1, Rachel's upset. She's jealous because her sister's having all these kids for 
her husband Jacob, and she Rachel's not having any. And so she, her, and uh, um, Jacob get in an argument about that. And at the end of it, Rachel says, "Look, I want you to take my servant, my servant Bellin, Bellin, and I want you to uh, want her to be your wife. I want you to sleep with her." And so hopefully you can have some kids for me through her. And that's what happens. And Jacob has, through Belhan, the servant of Rachel, two boys, Dan, Nephtalite, and Nephtalite um, are born to that servant. And then we're told in verse 9 that Leah realizes now she's not having any more boys or kids. And she just gets the same idea as her sister. And she gives her servant, Zelpha to um, Jacob as a wife so that Zelpha can have some kids for Leah. And that's what happens. She has two boys, Gad and Asher, are born uh, with, through that servant. And then we get this interesting little uh, information starting in verse 14 about um, uh, Reuben, one of the boys. He finds some stuff in the field, some food, and... Um, He's, he's the, one of the uh, children of Leah. And Rachel wants that, that food. And she says, look, if you'll, you'll give me some, you can basically have Jacob to sleep with that night. Um, anyway, um, so that's kind of what happens is, is, um, is she gets the fruit and, and Lee gets the, or, uh, Jacob for the, for the evening. And that's what we see in verse 16. And then after that union, God answered Lee's prayers, and she became pregnant with another boy. Uh, she gets pregnant with Ishakar, and then she gets pregnant again, Zebulun. And then she gets pregnant again, this time with a daughter, uh, Dinah. So she has all these children. And then finally in verse 22, it says, God remembered Rachel's plight. If you can remember from our reading this there, that all of Rachel's boys were born from her servant, not from her personally. So finally she gets pregnant, and she has a son for Jacob named Joseph. And, of course, Joseph is a, a main player, really, from we'll just say from here on out through the rest of Genesis. And it just gets more and more prominent as the, the book goes on. Uh, but that ends the pericope there with chapter 30, verse 1 through 24. And then we'll pick up on verse 25. says, Jacob's wealth increases. So soon after uh, the events of uh, chapter t- uh, 30 up down through 22, Jacob um, goes to Leban and... He, he basically says, I want you to release me so I can go home to my own country because I've been here for a long time now. Uh, but Levin knows a good deal when he sees it. He says, basically, I've become rich, in verse 27, because God has blessed you, uh, and as a result, I've been blessed. So tell me what you want. How much money do you want to be paid so you'll just stay on and work, and I can keep being blessed too. So Jacob uh, basically comes up with this idea uh, in verse 29, and he says, okay, um, here's what I want you to do, starting in verse 31. And he gives them some details on the some animals, uh, some some um, sheep and some goats related to speckled, spotted, and black that he wants to keep and all the other ones laymen can have. And they agree on that agreement. And shortly after that, uh, Laban tell, takes all the, uh, 
those kinds of animals, and he takes them three days' journey away with his son so that they're not in the mix. And I guess uh, uh, Jacob is left with whatever's left over uh, after that. Um, and Jacob comes up with his own scheme starting in verse 20, 37 where he takes these branches of different kinds of trees, almonds, different trees, and uh, he puts them close to a watering hole. And I'm not sure how this all works out scientifically, but anyway, these animals that breed come out stronger and more like the speckled, spotted, and black ones he's supposed to keep. And it tells us in verse 43, as a result, Jacob, comes, Jacob becomes very wealthy with large flocks of sheep and goats. And so that's the end of Genesis chapter 30. So let's take a high-level overview of what we just discussed in Genesis chapter 26 through Genesis chapter 30. So remember in Genesis chapter 26, we first read about Isaac deceiving Abimelech and how that was very similar to what Abraham did some 90 years before. And some of the details related to that deception and his uh, his wife. And uh, then we got down to where uh, there was a conflict over some water rights um, because um, Isaac was doing so well financially and so wealthy. People were jealous and they started putting dirt in his wells. And so that went back and forth for a while until he found a place that he could have his own wells with no conflicts. And then we get down uh, in the last part of chapter 26 to um, uh, Isaac's covenant with Abimelech. And there again, very similar to what we read earlier uh, in our readings with Abraham and his covenant with Abimelech. Same idea. Abimelech says, hey, look, don't attack me. I won't attack you. And let's sign this agreement. And that's how basically the uh, chapter 26 uh, ends. And then we get down to chapter 27. It says Jacob steals Esau's blessing. And that's kind of what happened. We already saw previously in our readings where Jacob took Esau's birthright. Now he's going to take his blessing by some trickery thanks to his mom's help, Rebecca's help. She overhears some conversations about her, her husband telling Esau to go do a hunt and cook some food. Then he's going to give him a blessing. So she comes up with this scheme to dress uh, uh, Jacob up in Esau's clothes so he smells like him, feels like him, and can bring him some stew and get the blessing. And that's exactly what happens. They trick um, uh, Isaac into giving Jacob the blessing. And then um, Esau comes home. He's really upset, as you can imagine. He got tricked and he realizes it. And he's basically waiting for his dad to pass away so he's going to kill his brother. So Rebecca knows about this plan, and so she comes up with her own scheme to talk to her husband to say, hey, look, I don't want my boy Jacob to marry any of these Canaanite women. You send him away to go get a wife with my, my, my brother, basically, in his land. And so that ends up chapter 27. Then we get down to chapter 28, and we continue with that, that pericope in 28, so we get more details on some of the the names there, Bethel and Laban, um, and Jacob going to to meet them, and he how he how he meets uh, these individuals um, back in their their home country. And um, we're also told, kind of at the very end of that section too, that Esau, still being upset about what happened to him, he he gets a third wife, one of Ishmael's. Um, uh, daughters to make his parents probably even more upset than they already were 
And so basically that's the end of that pericope. And we start in chapter 28 with another pericope, Jacob's dream at Bethel. That's where he has that interesting dream, basically. He's, he's headed home to, to meet his family. Um, he sees a stairway, and he, he basically equates that with, you know, the stairway of angels going up and down and God, and God gives him a message about what he's going to do for him, and he's going to bring him home one day. And that pretty much uh, ends chapter 28. Chapter 29 of Genesis is where Jacob arrives at, at Paddan Aram, and that's where he basically gets to where he wanted to go. He's traveling. Uh, he meets some folks that knew his family members. He meets up with Rachel for the first time at a well. Uh, and that's a similar story to what uh, happened with uh, Abraham's uh, servant. He sent to get Isaac a wife. He met her uh, at a well as well. And they meet up there. They catch up. And then she, he tells Rachel the backstory. And Rachel runs home and tells her dad, Laban. Laban comes out and befriends Jacob and welcomes them there. And then we see... And the second part of 29, Jacob marries Leah and Rachel. So he ends up with two girls, both of Laban's daughters. He only planned on one, Rachel, but he got tricked by uh, Leman there somehow at the marriage uh, festival and got the wrong girl. <laughs> he didn't know about it until the next day. And uh, so he's upset about it. And Leman makes it right and gives him Rachel too, basically, in a week later. So he has both girls, but he has to work for you know many years, around 14 years or so, to kind of pay for him, if you will. And then we start this whole list of Jacob's many children. And in verse 29, it's all about Lee's kids. And what we're listing here, these are important names you may want to take note of, all these boys, because these are the 12 tri tribes of Israel who are important throughout the entire Bible. So this is where they really start out. You can see each boy. And some were born to Lee, Leah, some were born to the servant of Leah, some were born to uh, Rachel, and some were born to Rachel's servants. But it comes up with 12 kids in all. And that goes down through chapter 30, all the way down to the end at 20, verse 22, where finally uh, uh, Rachel has a boy, Joseph, who's a very important figure in Genesis. And then we get down to the end of chapter 30, Jacob's wealth increases, and that's where Jacob goes to Leban uh, and he says, hey, let me go home, and Leban doesn't want him to, and so they come up with this deal of... Um, Jacob staying on, but getting certain of the animals that are a certain color or are speckled in the different things he says he wants. Uh, Levin does another little trick there and takes a bunch of them away. Don't know if Jacob knows that or not, but anyway, Jacob comes with his own plan about uh, uh, doing something to the water and hose with different almond and tree branches to make his, his flock increase, and I guess it works because we're told down at the end of chapter 30 that uh, Jacob became very wealthy with large flocks of sheep and goats. And so that pretty much is a quick overview of chapters, Genesis chapter 26, 27, 28, 29, and 30.